I'm here to announce the indictment of Chinese military hackers, specifically four members of the Chinese People's Liberation Army, for breaking into the computer systems of the credit reporting agency Equifax and for stealing the sensitive personal information of nearly half of all American citizens, and also Equifax's hard-earned intellectual property. In addition to the thefts of sensitive personal data, our cases reveal a pattern of state-sponsored computer intrusions and thefts by China targeting trade secrets and confidential business information. Hacks by the gr group known as APT-10, which worked in association with the Chinese Ministry of State Security, wow. or MSS, to target managed service providers and their clients worldwide across industries. Hacks by MSS intelligence officers who sought to steal intellectual property relating to turbofan engines by using both insiders and computer operations and hacks by PLA officers who targeted victims in the nuclear power, metals, and solar products industries for the economic benefit of Chinese companies. Indeed, about 80% so, of our economic okay. espionage prosecutions have implicated the Chinese government. Wow. That is, so that giant Equifax hack from whenever that was, it was the biggest one that ever happened. 2017, I believe, is when we learned about it. 145 million Americans' most personal data grabbed. Half of all Americans, it was the freaking Chinese government bought yeah, it. there's a now, shot. come on, China! That is right? something. Right. You know, we were talking earlier today about there is now obviously a giant cover-up of the giant death toll by the coronavirus. You have... The story, Mike Pompeo, the Secretary of State, is urging U.S. governors to... There's a massive uh, lobbying effort going on right now. The Chinese government is targeting governors and working them hard to have favorable views of China and be in favor of uh, pro-China policies. There's another story in the news today about China's infiltration into our university systems and intelligence officers and intellectual theft. I mean, I, I think more and more we're waking up to who they are and what they're up to. I hope so. And then you got to worry about how much money talks, as we saw with the NBA. I know what they are, but we're going to expand our league and make a billion dollars, so right. shut up. Right. Uh, that's, hey, there's somebody that are violating human rights all over the world. Why are we going to single out China? Come on, there's money to be made. Um, Yao Ming says it's not cool. Who are we to argue with Yao Ming? First primary is tomorrow night in New Hampshire. It's either going to be Biden, I mean, it's either going to be Bernie or Pete Wynn, almost certainly. I mean, the polls would have to really be wrong for it not to be one of those two. And uh, either one of them wins, they get to claim that they won the first two states. Mm. And they'll be uh, off and running. And both of them are surprising in their own ways. Little Mayor Pete. But that, that Biden ad that they put out, where it says Joe Biden dealt with the war in Afghanistan and health care, and Mayor Pete decided to put decorative bricks downtown. <laughs> um, the pictures they have of Mayor Pete in that ad make him look especially small and childlike. I don't know what they did for the graphics to make him. He looks, you know, he looks eighteen anyway, but he yeah. looks twelve in this advertisement. Well, he's a two-term guy, which I hadn't known until recently. There in South Bend, Indiana, 
Uh, and he's the former mayor now. So when did he first start in office? I don't actually know that. But, I mean, he's 38 now, right? Yeah. So that, that could have easily been taken when he was 29. Yeah, well, he's almost 40. That's true. That's a good point. He's almost 40, but he looks 20. So yeah. that doesn't help him any. He's, he's unfortunately looks younger than he actually is. He'll be happy for that when he's older, but not now. Yeah. Anyway, that's going to be a heck of a story. We'll have plenty of time to talk about that on Wednesday when the results come out. Harvey Weinstein's trial continues to grind on. I'm getting more and more worried that the guy's going to get off. Uh, that's a poor choice. Ah, we um, get it. He's going to uh, he's going to avoid going to jail because he's a scumbag, lifetime violent rapist, as we all know. Not to mention a, a user of women and an abuser of women and a just yeah. I mean, his sins go from really completely uncool right through unthinkable. And all points in between. Headline in the Washington Post, Harvey Weinstein accuser Jessica Mann's dramatic testimony is a new kind of test in sex crime trials. (laughs) A former federal prosecutor who also handled sex crimes at the state level said the testimony from Mann last week makes a potential shift in the type of cases that prosecutors are willing to pursue. This could be a real, um, well, change in the way we, we handled these over, uh, over the years, over the centuries, maybe. Years ago, I would say her allegations would not even be brought forward. Uh, a case like this. It's testing the judge, the court, and the system, the self. I do believe it's pushing the envelope of how we do these trials, specifically around the issue of you had consensual sex with him before or maybe after. Mm-hmm. But you say at some point you were raped by the person. In the past, this prosecutor says, you just don't, you don't even try it. You don't even go forward. You can't do it. It's not going to win. If you, if you were raped by this guy and then you sent him an email saying, I had a good time last night, forget it. Right. Forget your whole rape trial thing. You just, right. We're not going to do it. And she says, if this happens and Weinstein's prosecuted, maybe we can go forward with that. I think we've all learned now that that's fairly common. It's impossible for most of us to understand how this happens. But you just have to accept it's true. An abusive relationship in general. There's you go away, you come back again. Because this particular woman had many consensual sex experiences with Harvey before she was raped and after she was raped. Yeah. And there's all kinds of emails, you know, saying, I love you and you've done so much for me and stuff like that after she says she was raped. Right. Uh, is the journey going to say, or the jury going to say, you know, we know you're damaged. This happens. It's fairly common. We believe you were raped. Or um, beyond a reasonable doubt. It'd be tough for me as a juror. I mean, yeah. I haven't heard all of the prosecution. Right. But it'd be tough for me as a juror because she's, she's a troubled person. As we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, these, these abusers choose troubled people on purpose. Right. They're easier to malip- manipulate. Mm-hmm. But, If I don't know Harvey Weinstein, and these jurors supposedly don't know him or like like his background, that's how they ended up on the the jury, I assume. Um, But like, if I didn't know, if it's just a random guy, and I hear the testimony of this woman, and she's she breaks down one day talking about her ex boyfriend, she can't even finish the day, and she sent an email saying "I love you" after she supposedly was raped. I don't know that I can send this guy off to prison for twenty years. Right. When there was nobody else in the room. No, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. no one, she's, she's got some problems. It's sickening. It is sickening. Uh, and it's, it's pretty clear that Harvey Weinstein was so powerful and had so much money to throw around as, well, maybe the biggest person in Hollywood. 
for this woman man and one of her friends, he pretended to do tryouts, auditions for her and a friend for a movie they never were going to be in. He just went through the whole process. He told somebody, look, have him audition, all right? P- pretend it's real. He did the full, he, he, he meets him somewhere, you're beautiful, you should be in my movies. I got a superhero movie coming in, you'd be perfect for it. And he has him audition, and they think they might be movie stars, and it's all completely phony. Wow, yeah. And, uh, and he'd go through the whole thing and make the studio waste that much time and hundreds of thousands of dollars maybe and going through the whole process for weeks to pretend so that they would think they're going to be a big star so he could have sex with them. Wow. And then at some point he's going to rape them anyway, so I don't even know why he goes through this process. But It's part of his uh, grooming process, part of his recruiting and grooming process, searching for uh, likely victims. Right. You know, Tim Sandifer, our, our good friend Tim the Lawyer, tweeted over the weekend, today's load of dangerously stupid bull s comes to you courtesy of The Atlantic where due process is just a perpetuation of harm. And indeed, the title of this article by one Megan Garber is The Weinstein Trial and the Lies of Due Process, which essentially argues that because of the nature of sex crimes, having someone testify in court and then be cross-examined is too much to ask, it's too hard, and it's unfair. This is due process at work, whether the process will really... Result in justice is a notably different matter. Um, so I'm trying to follow this. So you're saying that cross-examining this woman would be... Is. It's it's cruel. It's nasty. It's hard. It makes it too hard to testify in sex crime trials. And due process is a lie. It's really just a you know a, a defense against a rape or defense you know yeah, i guess against rape charges and well it is why some women don't come forward because they're going to be cross examined and it's going to be a miserable experience but you got to do it yeah obviously yeah. It, it's funny she does not have the moral courage or writing skill to really make her point but she hints around the edges at it that due process is is uh, not fair in this sort of trial and we should eliminate it boy that's scary see i don't <laughs> even think? i don't even know what <clears throat> result i want out of this harvey weinstein is awful and i hope he's in jail for the rest of his life but if it becomes standard that you could have consensual sex with a man for years before and after you claim a rape and there's emails saying i love you and you're you know you're one of the best things that's ever happened to me and stuff like that but you have a bad breakup you could say at some point he raped me. That's a tough one. And it's just yeah. that he said, she said. But well, got nobody would ever do that, say naive people. Ivanka Trump, Donald's first wife, her lawyer claimed that in the divorce uh, fight, so she could get a little more money out of him. And then when it came to him running for president, she said, she stated, that never happened. It absolutely did not happen. So, yeah, people do that all the time. Fake allegations of rape, which is uh, unbelievably yeah, it's morally bankrupt. I mean, it is horrific. It's That's a tough one. You don't yeah. want the rapist to go free, but you don't want... Ah, that's oh, ugly. it's hard. It's it's morally and, and ethically and legally really difficult. Like I said, I haven't seen all the prosecution. I hope there's plenty to put him away as a rapist. But Heck if, yeah. But if I got all these emails and uh, her talking about consensual sex and emails about how great the sex was and everything like that... That's a tough one to send somebody to prison. Right. And, and don't misunderstand us. We understand that he absolutely could have oh, raped her in the sure. midst of all that, especially given the monster he is. But it's a question of sending somebody to prison for years beyond a reasonable doubt. This could change rape trials in America going forward, how this turns out. It could. It could. We'll have to see. I'm not sure it's going to solve any of these vexing problems we've been discussing. Hmm.
Um, uh, I almost said something terrible. Oh, I almost teased something that nobody wants. Why would I do that? I I got your word straight, Jack. I almost teased something that nobody in America would stay tuned for. That would be a terrible idea. (sighs) Proof, perhaps, that the Chinese have been lying about the coronavirus. Coming up in moments. Armstrong and Getty. You know, I was thinking today, Chris, that we both have hosted the Oscars before, and this is such an incredible demotion. (laughs) They don't really have hosts anymore. Why is that? Twitter! (laughs) A couple of years ago, there was a big disaster here at the Oscars where they accidentally read out the wrong name, and it was nobody's fault, but they have... uh, Guaranteed that this will not happen this year because the Academy has switched to the new Iowa caucus app. <laughs> That's very funny. You know what I said earlier? There was not a single uh, political joke that, that, that leaned, I mean, even slightly affectionately abusive toward the left. I was wrong. That one did. That was a pretty funny joke. Did you see, I just saw her up on the TV and it reminded me there was a, a, a new... Cast member on Saturday Night Live, this uh, this uh, young woman, who was uh, during the SNL news, and she did a bit where she kind of went through all the movies and she acted out the parts, and it was really good. But she mentioned something that I'd never thought of before that is clearly true, steering wheel acting among women. And she went through a number of famous <laughs> scenes, including movies that were nominated this year, where... It's women who are holding it together through the whole thing, but they finally get alone in the car and they're holding onto the steering wheel and then they break down and they're hammering on the steering wheel and yelling and stuff like that. And I thought, yeah, I have seen that like 50 times in yeah. movies in my life. Yeah. That is a, that is a well-worn thing. The woman holds it together, but when she's finally alone in her car, she lets it go. Chloe Finneman, I believe her, is I don't her know, name. But it was very funny. One of the tropiest tropes around yeah. now that you mention it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, hey, they, they talked to the Chinese ambassador on the Sunday morning shows, and there are a couple of really revealing uh, answers. Number one, they, uh, and, and I can't even remember who has this clip, but they uh, asked the guy about uh, whether the coronavirus might be from the uh, weapons program. Uh, listen to this, would you, the question and the answer. Of course, there are all kinds of speculations and rumors there are people who are saying that these viruses are coming from some military lab, not of China, maybe in the United States. How, how can we believe all these crazy things? You think it's crazy? Where did the virus Absolutely come crazy. You're a lion dog face pony soldier. Yeah. Jeez, what was that, Mr. Bud? Um, You're a lion dog face pony soldier. A lion dog face pony soldier? You heard him. What is that? Um, Tom Cotton, U.S. Senator, said, listen, there is some evidence this could be an escaped virus from their biological weapons program. And do we have the first answer the Chinese ambassador gave? Senator Tom Cotton, who sits on the Senate Intelligence and Armed Services Committee, suggested that the virus may have come from China's biological warfare program. That's an extraordinary charge. How do you respond to that? I think it's true that a lot is still unknown. And our scientists, Chinese scientists, American scientists, scientists of other countries, are doing their best to learn more about the virus. 
But it's very harmful. It's very dangerous to stir up suspicion, rumors, and spread them among the people. For one thing, this will create panic. Another thing is that it will fend up racial discrimination, xenophobia, all these things that will really harm our joint efforts to combat the virus. Wow, wow, the Chinese really picking up on American culture plays the racist card. Is this a biological weapon? Oh, you're a bit of a racist. You're going to whip up racist feelings. So he didn't say, no, we don't have a biological weapons program? Or no, he didn't be. even hint at it. He didn't bother to answer the question at all. And in that other answer, he said, well, there are lots of rumors that it escaped from our biological weapons program or your biological weapons program. No, nobody's making any rumors that it escaped from our biological weapons program. And ended up in Wuhan, how? <laughs> <laughs> They're in the wet bat market or whatever it's called. <laughs> Disgusting. I'm not going shopping at a wet bat market. Um, he also was asked about the million people in a concentration camp that they've got there, in concentration camps, and he said, ah, no, they're there voluntarily, and they're happy, perfectly happy. They like it. Wow. Wow. That's the Chinese for you. Ain't uh, communism grand. Fantastic. And there's independent reporting from that Wuhan province, where uh, the, the epicenter of it that the funeral homes are cremating 300-plus bodies a day at the order of the government. Dozens have died, but they're cremating thousands. That's an odd policy. Yeah. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. President Biden, let's start with you. Are you at all concerned about your poor performance in Iowa? Well, you know, I'll be honest. Losing Iowa was a real kick in the nuts, all right? <laughs> but I am not worried at all because, you know, by the time we get to South Kakalaki, Joe Biden's going to do what Joe Biden does best. Creep up from behind. <laughs> Just when you think your lead is safe, my numbers are going to sneak up and surprise you with a nice, sweet kiss on the neck. <laughs> Man, they got quite the star power on their crowd of Democratic uh, contenders. Says you, you lying dog-faced pony soldier. With Rachel Dretch. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. And Larry Sanders, or uh, Larry David, I'm sorry. Yeah. And uh, it's funny, funny stuff. Um, by the way, for the real people... South Kakalaki. <laughs> <laughs> He says, hey, Esther! He says wacky stuff. That's the point there. Um, <laughs> I busted my neck. <laughs> in, in, the, in the real world, Mayor Pete, on the real clear politics average of polls, not just one wacky poll, on the average of polls, he's up eight since the Iowa caucuses. Wow. So that's what you get out of winning, and I'm using my finger quotes, yeah. the Iowa caucus. He went up eight points to put him in a tie for first place in New Hampshire with Bernie. So one of those two is going to win because you drop way down to the others, um, the the next tier. So but then you, look out for old Joe when he hits South Carolina. Well, we'll never mind see. South Kakalaki. It, it very well could be the end for Joe. It could be the end for Elizabeth Warren. And it's is it a, is it a Pete Bernie race? That's pretty interesting. <sighs> this idea is reasons. a bunch of malarkey. Well, uh, tell you what, we'll see if old Bloomberg starts to uh, rear his wrinkled head further into the race. Well, obviously, if Bernie wins and he gets to claim that he won the first two states because 
major media outlets have not called Iowa yet. They say it's too big a mess to it's, actually declare a, a winner. Tie. Come on, let's move on with our lives. <laughs> but so Bernie gets to say he won the the first two states, and then you're off and running with the whole socialism question. And a couple of things. Well, you retweeted this over the weekend, Thomas Sowell. This is a great uh, quote. The political left has never understood that if you give the government enough power to create social justice, you've given it enough power to create despotism. Millions of people around the world have paid with their lives for overlooking that simple fact. Yep. And I also like this. uh, One of our followers on Twitter (laughs) tweeted this out. In the blue corner, weighing in at 100 million dead lives, it's Utopia! (laughs) Nice. And in the red corner, weighing in at reality, the reigning defending champion of more freedom, it's capitalism! (sighs) That's pretty good. That is good. See, the problem is, you decide to build a socialist utopia. You need to control things. The government needs to be in charge, but then it fails and it fails and it fails. And as it's failing, the utopians don't say, well, I guess we ought to take less control. No, they say, no, all we need to do is double down, take a little more control, and we can bring you the utopia. And then it's like I got my ass kicked in a poker game the other night. It's because I I had a good hand. I ran into a, a great hand. And at the point that I realized, oh, he's either full of crap or has a monster, and I suspect it's a monster, there's no point in me pulling out at that. I was pot committed, as they say, so I just threw it all in and said, thanks, fellas, have a good evening. Um, And once you get to the point of we are so far down the road of a socialist utopia, we have to go to totalitarianism. Because to liberalize now, everybody in the power structure would end up against the wall or in a trial or hanged or whatever. And so the, the, these things progress. I mean, it's like physics. It, it's happened over and over again. But God, the siren song is so sweet. People with stuff are bad. You're a good person. We're going to take stuff away from the bad people and give it to you because you deserve it. It's hard for people to resist that. Well, and it's in our DNA to desire fairness. If you have kids, you know that. Yes. It's constantly about that's not fair. They've got more than me. Monkeys, Jack. We've talked about the study of monkeys. They go crazy if they think they're getting cheated. Yeah. So fairness is. They go apes, if you will. (laughs) And, uh, and yeah. And so apparently we are now far enough away from the Cold War that people don't believe that sort of thing is even possible. And socialism just means slightly bigger government and, you know, higher Social Security checks and free college and that sort of thing. Which we're getting bit by bit by bit, and it's a decent argument. What are you talking about socialism? We've already got zillions of dollars worth of government programs. That's what Bernie's saying lately. Have you guys watched the uh, Chernobyl uh, miniseries from the HBO I still haven't, and it's supposed to be great. I wish I would. To me, that was the first time I understood the way that for a dismissive phrase, the way that you guys talked about socialism, because mm-hmm. I wasn't of a of a, a old, I wasn't old enough to really digest what was happening during the Cold War or anything right. that happened before that. Watching that movie really opened my eyes to what people are worried about when they discuss socialism. Well, yeah, maybe I, watching China now with the coronavirus, yeah, doing yeah. the same sort of thing. I'm not mad at people who don't get it or think they're stupid or whatever. It's it's one of those promises that sound great when you're young. Yes, I love you in the morning. Um, but then as you, you grow and you have a little life experience and you see over and over again, oh, that's a lie. That's a great sounding lie. Well, so anyway, Bernie was on Fox yesterday because this question is definitely coming up of what does he mean by socialism? Chris Matthews asking, I need to know, does he mean Castro socialism or does he mean Sweden socialism? 
Um, Bernie on Fox News yesterday, in many respects, we are already a socialist society because we have a huge federal budget that puts money into all kinds of areas. It's very, very true. Oh, yeah. They, they take a tremendous amount of money. We redistribute it all over the place in all kinds of different ways already. About and two-thirds of the budget is social programs. 70% of medical costs are paid by taxpayers in the United States right now. So the Bernie crowd can easily say, what are you scared of socialism about? This is what we're doing now. 70% of medical costs are taxpayer paid already. That's distorted a little bit because in the last you know two months of your life, you spend... you know as much as you spent in the previous however long you've lived. But that's true. And as Craig, the Obamacare lawyer, has pointed out, in your blue states, uh, the percentage of people who are getting government paid for subsidized health care is really high. So we're already way down the road. And and you've said, Jack, a couple of times, and I think it's great, we need to have a serious national conversation about what socialism means and and how far we want to go. If the word has changed, as young people claim, because I, I tweeted out some stuff over the weekend and I watched the uh, response, young people are people that are pro-socialist. If the word has changed to mean something different, and you just mean... Uh, you know, bailing out college kids or whatever it is. Right. Okay. Maybe paying for old people's medical care. Maybe the word has changed. Or some of it. But, right. um, well, the problem is. Be, it, it, it is it, this is not an exaggeration. It'd be like if slavery changed its meaning. Yeah. And now when people say, I'm pro slavery. No, no, when I say I'm pro slavery, I mean I'm pro hiring people to work. What do you mean when you say slavery? Right, you're right. Because that's how bad socialism was in the 20th century. 100 million dead. Yeah, well, and the reason we have to have a national conversation about it, but it will probably be dumb and unproductive. I'm sorry, I'm I'm actually an optimist about a lot of things, but not politics. Um, <laughs> is is It's a continuum. And Bernie is kind of making this point for me. It's not you're a free market society... And then the next day, you're a socialist society. You slide bit by bit by bit from free market uh, economics entirely into socialism. You can redistribute a certain amount of wealth and, and, and still avoid the horrors of totalitarianism. The problem is it's not obvious when you hit that part of the ski slope of politics that's icy enough that you can't stop anymore. Um, it, it goes bit by bit by bit, and you don't even notice that the point of no return is behind you. And, the, and so, you know, I would like to hear that conversation had. And the most amazing thing that happened on the debate happened early on when George Stephanopoulos asked everybody on the crowd Friday night, who here is bothered by having a socialist at the top of the ticket? The candidates. You the mean. candidates. Yeah. And only Amy Klobuchar raised her hand. Nobody else was bothered by that. They're cowards. Well, they're, 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 they are cowards because Biden on the trail was saying he's bothered by it. And yeah. he said it to Stephanopoulos yesterday. What's it going to do to all these Senate races across the country when you have somebody who calls himself a socialist at the top of the ticket? Um, what is that going to mean to people? So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Um, did you enjoy the weekend super snow moon? 
I didn't notice uh, it was you know, a super moon Saturday night. It was an amazing moon. I didn't know it had a phony jivey name. I didn't but yes, know it was I enjoyed a, it. I didn't know it was a super snow moon. What make I don't even want to ask. No, what he, makes it a snow moon? It's the third blue moon of the second year of, of who knows, who cares? Whatever. And it happens in a winter time in the northern hemisphere. In, in, Indians didn't <laughs> Damn have novelty moons. Indians had nothing else to do but they name didn't moons. have cable TV, so <laughs> yeah, they did they named they, the moons. They didn't have Netflix, so let's come up with a noon moon name. We played that game yesterday. Okay, you got a better idea what we're going to do? I guess not. Let's come up with a good moon moon. <laughs> Super the, snow moon. Uh, how about the chilly wolf moon? Because I heard a wolf a couple minutes ago. <laughs> chilly? No, that's not strong enough. It's got to be like cold or snow or some snow. I like snow. All right. And the best picture last night was? I can't remember the name of it. Parasite. Ah. Yeah, it's about a guy who gets a tapeworm. I guess wow. it's really, really graphic. <laughs> Yeah. And it's in a foreign language? Yeah. The whole way through. God. Yeah. What happened to my America? It's a singing tapeworm, though, so if you like music, musicals, it's it's pretty good. A Canadian team won the NBA title. Now foreign films are winning our Oscars. What's next? I don't know. It's very disappointing. Know. Build the wall. In all seriousness. Make South Korea pay for it. <laughs> in all seriousness, you thought it was the best movie last year. Uh, Positive show and producer saw it. Yes, yeah. Uh, as particularly among the nominations, I have a, a more favorite movie was Knives Out, but I think it, just in terms of best, I think yeah, it was the best movie last year. Uh, Nineteen Seventeen, the War Movie. If you're at all interested in war movies, you should absolutely see that. I'd recommend seeing that one in the theater. I think it's worth it. Um, most movie most likely to age well and be the family movie in five to ten years is probably the Ford versus Ferrari movie. Okay. That's a really fun, enjoyable oh, movie. Still mean to terrific. get to that, yeah. yeah. Uh, so listen, as the resident movie expert and Oscars fan, uh, Sean, do you have any idea why Eminem did lose yourself last night? None. Well, he was in a movie once. Well, that, yes. That was an Oscar. That's where that song was from. Three, year four or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But why last night? Nobody knows. No idea. It's baffling. Yeah, it's, it's very, uh. I saw Elton John up on the TV with a statuette. He won something? Uh, for his, uh, biopic, best, uh, best song. He, he wrote a song for oh, his okay. movie, Rocket Man, and that one, which mm-hmm. is fitting. Oh, really? I didn't know that was entered. I, you know, I don't give a damn about the Oscars. It makes me sick. I watched it. I tweeted about this it over the weekend. It makes me sick. It does. It, I hate the Oscars. It makes me angry. It's a sick enough. My, my evolution has gone, watch it because I enjoy it, to it's very hard to watch it because it's so disgusting, to now I watch it to be disgusted. Wow, to be mad. Yeah, I actually, I know it's going to happen, and it didn't take long. I've had that relationship <laughs> with sports teams. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah no kidding. Nice. Uh, but uh, what was I going to say? I had a point. Uh, M&M? Oh, the the one thing I, I listened to, uh, my the only Oscar I'll ever win, because I haven't written a screenplay in years, is, um, is Best Original Song, because I write songs. And so I always pay a little attention to that. Crappy schmaltz. Mm. Crappy schmaltz, crappy schmaltz, solid Randy Newman effort for Toy Story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, but he always gets nominated. Oh, I feel yeah. like he could sit down at a piano and, uh, we had a toy and the kid really liked it. And, oh, yeah, it was special. And but life goes, <laughs> and and life goes on. Life right. goes on and on and on. And then you end life with, goes on. We're all friends. Right, exactly. <laughs> so it was solid, but it was not nearly his best. But the song from Harriet. I thought was outstanding. Is that a movie? Music, yes, it's about Harriet Tubman. Oh, musically, lyrically, everything it was great. It was super strong. But I didn't hear that Elton, little Elton, had a song. Uh, but he did. Uh, yeah, okay. and I, I, it won that one. I don't pay too much attention to the magic. Was it one of his old hits song? or something new? It, uh, Look it up. We'll yeah. figure it out. Nobody cares. Um, Elton, Elton doesn't even care. 
Coronavirus continues to be a problem. More information coming out on that. The Chinese are hacking into all our stuff in the United States. Also, renting clothes has actually become a thing. I mean, it is crested and is now officially here as a thing. Renting clothes. All right. Latest on that. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. Researchers say they've developed a new way to stitch wounds together using a type of yarn made from human skin. They also say where they got the yarn made from human skin isn't important. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Troubling! It's macabre. Uh, Donald Trump is tweeting today. He's always tweeting, right? He had a day, he set a new record uh, during the impeachment trial. He had a day where he had 230 or something like that. That's a lot of tweets in one day. That's astounding. Um, So here's a tweet from Donald Trump today. 95% approval rating in the Republican Party. A record. 53% overall. Corrupt Democrat politicians have brought me to the highest polling numbers ever with the impeachment hoax. Thank you, Nancy! Exclamation point. (laughs) Which is pretty funny. It is. It is. Um... This is a story getting no attention because we, uh, the modern world, we only can pay attention to like one or two things at a time, and it's almost always domestic politics. The Syrian government, Assad, and the Russians are destroying a city of three million people. It's the last holdout for the resistance, Idlib. Yep. Three million people. And for weeks now, weeks, they have just been pummeling this city indiscriminately just neighborhoods schools hospitals just everybody until they'll completely submit and the world is paying no attention no No. and and is not concerned at all with uh, trying to stop it or save those people or anything like that um i only bring that to you just to remind you that that's the reality of the world that it's just the idea that that sort of thing can't happen in the in the, the year 2020 is uh well i wish it were true but it can Bad people, evil people, Putin and Bashar al-Assad are evil people, murdering men, women, and children Mm -hmm. so that they can continue to be in power and the world is not going to lift a finger to try to stop it. Right, right. Well, and, you know, our media has a special role in, in keeping us honest and our government. And I get that and I appreciate it. And if we take out, say, uh... Suleimani, the butcher of Tehran, and accidentally knock out some Iraqi soldier who didn't have it coming. You know, that's that's bad. I don't like that. Nobody likes that. That's unfortunate. But meanwhile, they ignore the slaughter of hundreds of thousands in Idlib. I mean, you just, it helps to have a little perspective. It's like I'm always talking about, this is the most racist country on earth. It's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard, and it's said all the time. Yeah, it is compared to, well, unless you compare it with every other country on Earth, which is about the same amount of bigotry and distrust of people not like you and the rest of it. It's just the way human beings are. It's not to say it's good. You ought to fight against it. But you quit with your your just complete lack of perspective. My son is off school today because it's Lincoln's birthday, yet they've learned nothing about Lincoln for some reason. I don't know. It's just the way it works, I guess. I know we know plenty about Cesar Chavez. 
and uh, mm. various other people you hadn't even heard of. That's the modern world for you. But nothing about Link? Um, Ian Bremmer just tweeted, the coronavirus outbreak will cost the global economy $280 billion in the first quarter, according to economics estimates. I saw an Apple story, and what was another U.S. company that is actually being affected by the coronavirus? There's so many areas that are shut down and people can't move and go to work and everything like that that's starting to have an effect. Well, it's amazing the extent to which China's in the news today. The, the attorney general is out saying it was Chinese military officers that, that hacked Equifax in 2017. We're talking about uh, funeral homes in the Wuhan uh, area. Are uh, Well, there are dozens dead from the coronavirus, Jack, but they're cremating hundreds of bodies per day everywhere. It's pretty clear that the death toll is way higher than the Chinese are, are admitting to. Uh, we didn't even get to this story that, um, oh, uh, mentioned Mike Pompeo is telling all the American governors, be careful. China is lobbying you people like crazy, and it's for a reason. Now they're targeting our governors. And this story's in Bloomberg.com, which is somewhat ironic given, given Mike Bloomberg's ties to China, but... About 115 U.S. colleges and universities got enormous gifts from mainland China in the last six and a half years. The leader, Harvard, which got nearly $94 million in gifts from the Chinese government. USC and University of Pennsylvania were second and third. Over a billion dollars of gifts to universities, American universities from the Chinese communists. Is there a legitimate reason why a foreign country gives that kind of gifts to universities building the uh, bridges of understanding we're helping them with their uh, research into china and uh, you know helping uh, build uh, ties that's it it's not trying to get them to soften their attitudes toward us and our spies except that it is clearly 